All right. Praise God. So tonight, um, my heading is word, wicked or righteous destiny. Word. Um, and I'm going to start with the opening statement, just kind of what we were talking about the other night in terms of words. Um, and I am a stickler for words. Anybody that know me um, has hung around me uh, for, you know, any small period of time. I may look at you a certain way or I may say something to you. Believe me, if, 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 um, if you're around me long enough, I've said something to you about the words uh, that you speak. And that's really, too, because I look for you to do the same for me. Um, I feel that we walk in love, we walk in truth. And if you hear something coming out of my mouth, I want you to, you know, speak up and tell me, Trina, this is what you said. Oh, no, I didn't mean to say that. Thank you for that. Um, and I'm definitely going to do the same. Because when it comes to my words, I am a rock solid, rock solid believer in the fact that we have what we speak, we have what we say. Um, so some people that I'm around, they're like, they know me for the fact that I'll say something to somebody when they start talking and maybe they're just saying things and don't really realize what they're saying. But um, I have to say for quite a while, uh, me, myself, I was someone that <clears throat> would just speak. I had an untamed tongue and I would just say things. And, and I, now when I look back on life and it, uh, you know, not very long ago, God showed me that that was a problem. That was a problem in my life. And it was spoke, it was proof in my life of things that I had spoken that had come to pass, good and bad. Um, more so bad because I wasn't speaking the word of God. I was speaking just foolishness, to be honest. <laughs> you know, mean, ugly stuff. And um, it was what kind of sort of the stuff that I grew up on, um, playing with other children, other teenagers, other kids, you know, we just weren't nice to each other. We didn't have nice things to say. And it actually took some work to get to a place where I could say nice things to people. Uh, for a while, I don't think I really said anything at all because I didn't have anything nice to say. <laughs> but I did have a specific incident in my life where um, I want to say it was back in uh, 1993. And the reason I remember it so vividly is because years later, I would say at least 15 years later, after that, the Holy Spirit brought to my remembrance one day something I had spoken and something I said. And in the midst of that, um, the, the open vision that I was given, it was so vivid and so real that, and I could remember it like it was yesterday. I still remember what I was wearing that day. I had on my stride right uniform shirt. I was on my way to work and I made a comment about someone. I actually spoke over this person's life and said uh, some words and, and what I said, it came to pass. And um, not only did it come to pass, but what I said that person was going to die from, it actually happened just as I spoke it. So. Like I said, that was years later. It was even years after the person had passed. And once I realized what God was showing me in that moment, man, I had a repentful heart. And I broke down and I cried and I talked to God and I told him that I needed some help 
that I needed him to tame my tongue, to keep me from saying things. I didn't realize the power that I had in my words at the time, but when he showed me that, I was like, whoa, that was powerful. And I, I didn't even know, but there is power in our words. And um, you know, when I, when I think about the power that we have in our words, and this, you know, I've had my notes for a minute, but today I was sitting and meditating on this information here. And um, Holy Spirit just gave to me about Zacharias when, um, and my husband too, he was reading on this last night and it, I guess it just came to my, my remembrance this afternoon as I was uh, sitting and going over all this information. And I was like, wow, oh my goodness, because Zacharias um, was John's father. He's a high priest. And he had gone to, um, to uh, pray and to light incense. And when he was there, an angel, Gabriel, came to him and told him that he was going to have a son. And what's interesting is that he comes and he tells him that he's going to have a son. And Zacharias, um, and he tells him he's going to have the son and that um, he tells him who his son is going to be and the things that his son cannot have of this world because his son is to be set apart and he's actually going to be born with the Holy Spirit in him. So he tells him all these things, and then Zacharias, being the man that he is, you know? And I'm just gonna put it in like modern day form. He says like, who, me? Who, me? And, and huh? This one right here? Oh, no, 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 she too old. We too old, we can't do this, you know? Well, what the angel does, because Zacharias is not um, in line or in agreement with what this angel is telling him, he stops him from speaking. That tells us how powerful our words are. God had a plan. His plan was to be uh, carried out. And in order for his plan to be carried out, he shut Zacharias' mouth. Zacharias went outside that temple and he couldn't talk. He couldn't tell nobody nothing. So, I mean, when I say that our words are powerful and our words have power, we have to believe that the words have power. And Zacharias is a, is a, is a blatant example of that. And also, once Zacharias completed the mission of what the angel told him to do, he got his voice back. He could speak again. So, um, but that's just kind of, like I said, that's kind of like added in just as of today, um, as I was continuing to go over my notes and I was just thinking about how I am a stickler for words. Um, but I do want to talk about um, the reading of the Word of God and having what to speak over ourselves um, in the fashion of our words having power. God creating us and um, understanding within the first Six days of creation, God created man. He created humanity, um, which is you and me. <laughs> so um, he created all source, all the heaven, all the earth, all uh, the seas, the dry land, the trees. He created a lot of things within that first six days. And in Genesis uh, 1 and 26, 
God created us in his image and after his likeness. His likeness. And just like God spoke everything into existence, we also have power to speak things into existence. When he created us in his likeness, we were given that power. In Proverbs 18 and 20, turn there. Proverbs 18, 20, and 21. Basically, this word tells us that a man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. And with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Death and life is in the power of the tongue, and them that love it will eat the fruit thereof. And I think that is powerful. Those are powerful scriptures that speak to us and tell us, if nothing else, we need to watch what we say or be mindful of what we say or ask the Holy Spirit to help us each and every day, every step along the way with what we're speaking. Tame our tongue. Keep us from speaking wicked things. Keep us from speaking curses over anyone, over ourselves. And... Um, shield ourselves from curses. We got to speak that too. So um, with that said, God created us as his prized possession, giving us dominion, authority, and power, which is what we talked about uh, the other night with Pastor Melanie and uh, Tyrone and some others. Others talked about it as well. Um, but he gave us dominion over things of the earth. He said he's given us dominion over all the things of the earth. And I believe we have dominion over all the things of the earth. And everything that we've talked about, it's like we're not um, really working in that power that he gave us. And um, so in uh, Genesis 1 and 26, it talks about all those things that he gave us, if we want to turn there. Um, dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air over the cattle, over the, um, all the things of the earth and the creeping things that, um, things that creep upon the earth. And Tyrone also talked about how uh, Adam um, or Eve with the snake came to him and that was a creeping thing of the earth and they didn't have to be afraid of the creeping thing. And I turn to um, Genesis chapter nine, verse one through and I was like, well, what is this dominion? Help me to understand what I have. Dominion. And when I saw this, I was like, oh, my goodness. You mean I have dominion over these animals, the dogs? You know, you go, when you go walking, you see dogs and things out. And what the Bible tells us um, that we are not to fear. It says that they will dread to see us coming. They're gonna dread me. I mean, they see me coming and dread to see me coming. And, 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 and you know, I have to think about the fact that they dread to see me coming. I can't be afraid of somebody that's afraid of me. If they dread to see, I mean, have you ever dreaded some, oh, goodness, here they come, you know? Oh, here they come. They dread to see me coming is what it says here. 
So if they dread to see me coming, and it says that it is um, and the fear of you, being me, being you, the fear and the dread of you shall be upon the beast of the earth and upon the fowl of the air and upon all that moveth upon the earth, upon all the fishes of the sea into the hand are they delivered. So we have dominion over all the things of this earth. We should not be afraid when we see things. And I remember a dream that I had it's been a long, it's been some years now, and I didn't understand the dream at the time that I had it, but it, it was a, a dog in my dream that was coming towards me. I was outside, and this dog was coming up, and he was walking up, and it was looking at me, and I was looking at him. You know, I had learned the scripture by that point, 2 Timothy 1 and 7. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. And I was speaking that in my dream, and I was looking at that dog like, what you going to do? God has not given me a spirit of fear but a power and a love and of a sound mind. And I was looking at the dog and the dog was looking at me. Well, the dog kind of whimpered out and he turned and went away. And I was like, okay, okay, God, okay, okay. Well, he came back, he had three more dogs with him. <laughs> Y'all laughing at my dream. Well, when he came back, he had three more dogs and this time he walked up and he gave me a little like, and then the other dogs would come and they were, and they were like, and I stood there and I was like, I am not afraid. I am not afraid. God has not given me a spirit of fear. And I just kept letting it resonate, resonate, resonate in me over and over. I refused to run. I refused to turn away. I refused to take my eyes off them. And they just walked up and they whimpered out and they turned and they walked away. And in my dream, I remember standing there and I was like, I did it. I did it. And I remember when I woke up that morning, I remembered that dream and I prayed and I was just uh, meditating on God. And I was like, I got the power. I got the power. So I just remembered that. And when I read that, that the animals would dread us. Those dogs tried to fool me in my dream and make me think that they had dominion and power over me, but they didn't. And God let me know that in my dream as I showed them who was in charge and that I was not afraid. All right. And, and I'm still not afraid. I'm not afraid. Um, so uh, Genesis uh, 1 and 28. Um, the word says to be fruitful multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. Well, what really stood out there for me lately is replenish, replenish, to bring something back to its former state or its condition uh, to restore it. And the opposite would be deplete. So from the beginning of time when God created man, he knew that there would come a point where we wouldn't be here. I mean, spoiler alert, y'all, spoiler alert, okay? Spoiler <laughs> alert. We here temporarily. It's only temporary that we are here. And you know, some people, uh, we have eternal life in heaven. Um, but we, and, and you know, I, I have to say that once I really got that in my heart, I was like, whoa, I am only here temporary. Do you know 
that what we do here on earth is what will be awarded in heaven. We will be rewarded in heaven for what we do here on earth. So we got to get to a place where we have our mindset on Jesus. We have our mindset on his commands for us, what he commanded of us, what he said that we are capable of doing because he had to go to be with the Father. And when he said, I remember um, Philip said, show us the Father and it sufficeth us. And I'm like, what is this, Philip? And Jesus said, have I been so long time with you that you don't know me, that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? I'm like, wow. He was right there in front of Jesus, y'all, standing in his face, and Jesus was speaking to him. And he did not take Jesus' word and was satisfied with it. He was not satisfied with Jesus' word. He said, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Well, this is a different day. I believe Jesus for everything that he says. I believe him for the work that he is doing in me. I believe him for the work that he is doing in you. I believe him for everything that he says in this Bible and in this book. He says that we are to be doing a thing. We are to be, and Ray has talked about it. Tyrone talked about it. Pastor Melanie, we've all talked about it. You know, Jesus is... He's a great teacher. And we get in this word. I, I read those parables that he has in there. And I'm like, you know, Jesus, help me with the parables, you know. And, and now when I read the parables, it's like they're, they're really coming off the page. I can see it now. I understand. I remember I used to feel like I just didn't understand what he was saying. But now I get it. And it's, as you continue to read the word and stay in the word, Revelation and insight just starts to come out of it. And I got to get the rest of this in. Um, so, uh, see, um, so in uh, Genesis 6 and 3, God is speaking to, um, I want to say he's talking to Noah. I'm not going to turn there, but you all are welcome to turn there. But Genesis 6 and 3, God says that we should have 120 years. And we know today that that's 120 years or less. Okay? Um, James 4 and 14. I'll turn there. James 4 and 14. James is one of those little short chapters that if you turn too many pages, you'll miss it. And I do it. I do it every time. Okay. Um, but I have it in my notes here. Um, he says that the time that we have here is a vapor or mist that appears for a little time and then vanisheth away. He's talking about our life here on earth, that it is temporary. So, um, and that's coming from the Bible. And I believe everything that's written in this Bible. Um, there's also information in here that says I'm going to have a crown when I get to heaven. If I do everything that I'm supposed to do. I'm looking for my crown. All right. Crowns. 
Pastor Melanie said my crown. All right, um, so we, we have to consider our choices is what we have to do. Um, let's turn over to Romans um, 5, 12 through 21. I just want to say I have a lot of daily reads. Uh, Genesis chapter 1 is one of those daily reads. I suggest that um, Genesis chapter 1 be a daily read for anyone that's looking for what to read in the Bible. Uh, it keeps us in constant remembrance of who we are and that we're, we were created by the creator who is God, the great I am, and we are his prized possession. And after he created us, he said, this is very good. This is very good. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm very good. If you don't have a neighbor, I'm very good. You know? Very good. All right, so um, Romans 5 and 21. 12. I said Romans 5, 12 through 21. Come on, Venetia. All right. It says, Adam brings death, Christ brings life. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and the death by, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men that have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin was not imputed there is no, uh, when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. But if thou, if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift of grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, have abounded. And unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so that the gift for the judgment was by one to, the, to condemnation, but the gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by, reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, by the offense of one judgment came upon all to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's obedience, many were made sinners. I'm sorry, as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one, shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did also much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. So, yes, Adam did sin, and Adam... Um, when they ate from the tree, um, that did create the fall of man, where we now know sin. After God gave us the laws and explained to us what those sins were. But Jesus, 
God sent us Jesus Christ, and through Jesus Christ, we are justified, is what this is telling us. By one man, we, are, we, we all have sinned, and of sin is death. But by one man, being Jesus Christ, who was sent here on a mission, the way was prepared for him through John the Baptist, whom God saw fit that nothing interrupted his plan because he had a plan for us, a plan for peace, a plan for us to be prosperous and to have the expected end, and that's for the eternal life through Jesus Christ, who is Lord and Savior, for us to be saved by Jesus. All right, let's turn over to uh, Romans 6, and I have chapter 1 through um, chapter, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 6, verse 1 through 14. And it reads, be dead to sin and alive to Christ. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed. That's a great might. For those that do not obey, that is a great might. That henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Dead with Christ. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death has no more dominion over him, for in that he died, he died unto, one, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield yourself members as instruments of, of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, as your members, as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall have no dominion over you. For ye are not under the law, but under grace. And then it goes on to tell us that we are to be victorious with God over slavery of sin. So it's a mind. We have to check ourselves. We got to check in with God. And we got to make our mind up that we don't want to have anything to do with sin. We have to turn away from sin. Walk in the light. We should not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And I just want to read this piece here. I did not put this in my notes, but I know it's in here. Um, 
Where am I? Okay. I'll just start at 15. Uh, Romans 6, verse 15. And my subheading is, Be victorious with God over slavery of sin. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? God forbid. Y'all, I like Paul, by the way. I do like Paul. I like his teaching. Um, know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. And then it goes on, verse 17, But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. You're delivered. We're delivered from sin. Anybody that's operating as if Jesus Christ did not die on a cross for us, then we're letting his death be in vain. He died so that we did not have to die. He died so that we could live. And we want to make knowledge of that each and every day. I think about Jesus when the tempter came to him. In uh, Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 through 11, it gives the information about Jesus being in the wilderness when he was led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And everything he gave him was the word of God. And he fleed. It says it, the devil left him, and the angels came and ministered unto him. And every time we read that, I say, and the follow-up scripture is that James 4, 7, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I hear a lot of people say, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Jesus submitted to God when he spoke the word of God. He submitted to God. All the things that Satan tried to present to him, you know, Sit on this pinnacle, temple, <laughs> pinnacle of the temple. Look at the holy city, you know, bow down, worship me. I'll give you all these things. He gave him the word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that is spoken from the mouth of God. Man shall not tempt God. You know, bow down here and Save them. Let the angels pick you up. Didn't they say the angels going to catch you before you dash your foot against the stone? No, I will not tempt God. I will not tempt God. Man is not to tempt God. And then he goes on. I, I think it was uh, 17 or actually 16, I believe. I don't know. Probably should turn to it. But it wasn't one of my. It's 10, actually, where, you know, he's saying that, bow down and worship me and he lets him know that we are to worship the Lord our God only and him only are we to serve you know when I read through all the Old Testament books um, Exodus Leviticus uh, Numbers reading through those all that information God said it over and over and over again do not serve other gods 
do not serve. And it make you think, like, why would they want to serve other gods? Why would they idol, have idols of these other gods? Why would these people do that? I just did not understand. But you know what? I now understand that we, too, can have idols. God does not want us to be consumed with anything or anybody more so than we are with him. He wants to be first and foremost in our hearts and in our minds. If we're going to have our minds set on anything all day long, that's our finances, our house, our home, our problems, whatever it is, he is above it. He is above all of that. And we got to magnify his name even in the midst of. Y'all make me feel like I'm preaching. <laughs> I am not preaching. I am not preaching, I promise. I promise. Exactly. Proclaiming the word. So we have to submit, submit to God. And I just want to turn to Psalm chapter 1. Um, and I'm just going to read this passage. I think this is so very important. My subheading is righteousness and ungodly people contrast. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season, his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. That's big. If nothing else, I want the word of God. I want to speak the word of God. I want to be like that tree planted by the rivers of water. I want to be locked in. I want to be rooted for the word of God to flow through me. Because whatsoever I do it shall prosper. That's what that's telling me. I believe the word of God. If it says it, then it's true. Now, verse 4. The ungodly are not so, but are like chafe which the wind driveth away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. And with that, it gives an illustration of two men, two ways, and two destinies. Back to my subject, wicked or righteous destiny. Word. We need the word of God. We have to submit ourselves to God. What does that look like? It looks like we're justified by faith. We continue to read the word of God. We continue to grow in our faith. We continue to speak the word of God. We continue to grow in our faith. Romans 10, 17 tell us, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Read it out loud. If you don't like to read out loud to yourself, get somebody to read with you. They'll read with you. Read it out loud to them. So understanding, and I'll just write that in my notes. I didn't realize. Understanding faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Speak the word of God. Read it. Know it. 
rest in it, rest in Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior of our life, who loved us and gave himself for us. His life was given so that we could live. And I put given slash taken because he did come in the flesh of a man and then he did leave on the cross. And then I have uh, John 15, 17, and it says where Jesus spoke. And like I said, I stand on Jesus' word. Jesus says it, then it is true. But he's shown me as well that you speak the word of God. Speak it. Don't speak nothing else. Speak the word of God. God got something in here for everything. You find what you need to speak, and you speak the word of God. Don't speak words of curse. But it says in here, 15 and 7, that's John 15 and 7, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Stand on it. That's all I have, y'all. Praise God.